Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's crazy. On a Tuesday! It's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can catch me on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. That page is back. We back. Lots to get into. NFL, Monday Night Football, the Patriots take it back to old school football and do something that I never thought possible. NBA news. We're going to talk about all things NBA as well. We're going to talk the Mets, what they've done in the offseason, what's going on with baseball right now. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. You know, when you uh, when you're flying high and everything looks so great and things are working out and you know, you're making connections and everything's just kind of falling into place. Things happen. Life happens. And that's what happened to me. You know, a lot of things have happened, transpired within the last four months of my life. It's been the hardest four months of my life. Um, Really can't put it into words. Uh, what I'm currently going through, what I've been through, what some of my friends have been through. But I had to take time away to handle business and make sure family was okay and taking care of my responsibilities and really couldn't have any outside distractions. So... What I want to say now is for the people who, who know what's up, thank you. Thank you for holding me down. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for the kind words, you know, coming through and just kicking the shit a little bit. You know, you find out who your friends really are, who your family really is when things get crazy. And I definitely found that out. Found it out the hard way, but also really revealed a lot of things that I needed to see. So, back to business. Back to the All Even Podcast. Back to what I started and what I plan to do, what I aim to do, what my goals are, my ambitions of where I want this thing to go. So, back on track 
back to business. Now, let's talk some football. Monday Night Football had a great game in regards to who was playing. You had the New England Patriots coming in at 8-4. and four. You had the Buffalo Bills at home at 7-4. and four. Both of these teams vying for the AFC East crown. And what did we get? We got a game straight out of 1925. Nobody throws a football. It's icy. It's cold. People are slipping all over the place. The ball feels like a rock. 14 to 10 is the final score. Patriots win. They rush the ball almost 50 times. Damian Harris goes off for 111 yards. Ramondre Stevenson follows up with 78 yards. And the Patriots dominate this game on the ground as well as defensively. Mac Jones, Mac Daddy Jones, my main man, throws three passes for 19 yards. I'm going to say that again. Three passes for 19 yards. I never thought that I would see a day where an NFL team can throw three passes and win a football game. But well, we saw it on Monday night. So what does this game tell me about either team? Well, for one, the Buffalo Bills, they're reeling right now. Offensively, they haven't been clicking like that. Yeah, okay, you can go look at the bad teams that they've played and the points that they put up against bad teams. But look at when they play against good teams. They struggle. Josh Allen doesn't look like the Josh Allen of last year. Stephon Diggs is still having a good season, but he's not having a season that he had last year. The defense that was supposed to be the calling card for this team hasn't been that consistent. They've played well over the last few weeks. They've gotten their stuff together a little bit, yes. And the rushing attack has been non-existent. They rotate three backs, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, and Devin Singletary. And none of them, none of them look any good. What is the problem with Buffalo? They don't look like they know who they are. Last season, they knew exactly what they were. They were a defensive team. Josh Allen was leading the way, passing through the air, throwing bombs, rushing. The defense was getting all over the field, sacks everywhere. This season, teams are looking out for Buffalo. They see exactly what they are and what they aren't, and they're exposing those particular weaknesses. So Buffalo is in a tight situation. Are they going to make the playoffs? It's possible. At 7-5, they're still in the race, but, man, did this season turn on its head. Just maybe seven weeks ago, the Patriots were looking like a team that was headed for the lottery. The Patriots right now are 9-4. and four. Their last loss came to Dallas in overtime. They are balling right now. Mac Jones has this offense under his control. He's in command. He's in sync with Belichick. He's in sync with Josh McDaniels. The defense is just phenomenal right now. So 
Bill Belichick made the right call, didn't he? Everybody was like, oh, my goodness, you, you release Cam, what are you doing? But he made the right call. Both quarterbacks were on even playing go with the rookie. Why not? Why waste time? Mac Jones has proven that he can handle the spotlight. And guess what? Jet fans, Bills fans, Dolphins fans, every fan out there that hates the New England Patriots, you had a year. You had a year off. You had a year to say the Patriots dynasty's dead. Well, I'm here to tell you that Belichick is back. <laughs> He's back. Lord Sidious is back. He is, he's phenomenal. I just, I can't say more good things about Bill Belichick. The guy just knows how to coach football. And I can bet you that if anybody had money to bet before the season started and said, I bet you through 13 games that the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Bucks, would have the same record as the New England Patriots. People will look at you and be like, hey, you're nuts. Interesting. We may possibly, and I'm just saying possibly, could you imagine Tampa and New England in the Super Bowl? You cannot give me a better football game in the last 20 years. That is a game that everybody would watch. That would be the most Watch Super Bowl in the history of the game. The storylines, the competition, the, 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 the sound bites, everything about that game would just be intensified and magnified. And what an improbable run it would be for the Patriots to get there. Everybody's looking at Belichick last season. Oh, the team is terrible. Uh, you know. Uh, Brady's gone now. He's won a Super Bowl. The team is is floundering. They have no talent. Then he said, all right. Offseason comes. Start spending a whole bunch of money. And how has that money actually panned out for them? It's panned out pretty well. Defensively, the guys that they got are great. Van Oy, Judon. They have paid dividends for the Patriots. So, shouts out to my man, Paris Givis. He's a big-time Patriots fan. I'm sure he's excited. Yeah, I'm going to see him tomorrow, and we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the Patriots. We can talk about Bill Belichick. Yes, I don't want to talk about the Patriots. We can talk about Mac Daddy Jones. Yes, I don't want to talk about the Patriots. But shouts to the Patriots for what they're doing. You know, there's they're right there in the thick of things in regards to being a top team in the AFC, I'm talking about like legit, not just by record, but what you're seeing on the field, the eye test. I always talk about the eye test. That's very, very important. When are people going to stop doubting Bill Belichick? When? I just want to know. Like people just, you know, we're all prisoners of the moment. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Yes, he's the GOAT. Okay, all, all that's great. But don't disrespect my man Bill. Like, he didn't help build this. Like, he didn't take Matt Castle off the street and had them willing, win 11 games when Tom Brady went down with the ACL. Come on, man. 
It's that Bill Belichick. It's that guy. He's still that guy. He still knows how to coach football. He's still the maniac, the maniacal genius. He's still Palpatine. All of these things are true. So stop throwing dirt on the man's name. Stop throwing dirt on his career. Stop throwing dirt on the Patriots. Because they're showing you right now that a year off to retool is all they really needed to get it right. Coming up after the break, who are the AFC and NFC bosses, in my opinion? And also, Antonio Brown. (sighs) On a Tuesday night, (laughs) it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money from that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the Old Even Podcast, my oh, man yeah. Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, what you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast. Yeah, my nigga, the joint. What's up? Oh, even. Oh, even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this joint somewhere. Oh, even. Yo, you. Oh my God. What's up with you, man? Now you got well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump all even? even podcast, right? Yeah, all shout even. Shout out to all even podcast, right? All yeah. even. Uh, That's your man? My man. Fine. All right, shout out to all even podcast. You cool? 100%. He cool. Is he? He cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Yeah. 100%. He cool. Is he? 100%. It's a lot of teams that you can be able to put up there and, you know, have an argument for, especially in the NFC. But let's talk about the AFC first. So let's go through all the division leaders right now. We have the Patriots at 9-4 and four in the AFC East. We have the Chiefs at 8-4 and four in the AFC West. We have the Ravens at 8-4 and four coming off a loss, AFC North. We have the Titans leading the AFC South. Which one of those four division leaders is the weakest one? The one that's not the boss to me. It's the Titans. The Titans right now, they don't have Derrick Henry. Obviously the best runner in football. If you want to put Jonathan Taylor in there and say that they're one and two, I have no argument there. Kid's a beast. And Tannehill has been up and down in regards to his production, his productivity. Wide receiver core has been banged up. A.J. Brown is on the IR. You have Julio Jones. He's coming off the IR. Has had a horrible, miserable injury plague season. They don't have much offensive weapons outside of that. Poor Mike Vrabel. One of the best coaches in the NFL has a lot to deal with right now. Defensively, they're okay. Not as good as I think that they were last year, in my opinion. But they're okay. Offensively is the problem. How are they going to fix that? I don't think they can. They built an offense around a once-in-a-lifetime runner, a physical, bruising runner that... Should have been playing back in the mid-90s, 80s. That's the type of runner that Derrick Henry is. Physical, big, can take the, the hits, can keep going, 
goes into the fourth quarter, he's not tired, and he just wears the defense down. That's old-school power football. And without that, you have Tannehill that has to throw a lot of passes to guys that can't get open and guys that are not that talented. So this is why they are employees. They are the employees in the AFC. They're not bosses. They got to answer to somebody. The other team that I think is not a boss are the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow and Bunch, they've had a nice season, 7-5. and five, Shocked a lot of people. It's played well. Jamar Chase has played well. The defense has actually played over its skis this season as well. They've been playing some inspired football all year. Joe Mixon looks like one of the best runners in the NFL as well. But nobody believes that the Bengals have a shot to do anything in the playoffs. Not saying that they won't get there eventually over the years, that they may be a perennial, you know, playoff team. It's possible. For right now, they're just building. So definitely employees. Definitely employees right now. They're 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 interns. They just got there. They're entry level people learning the the ways to get around and they have some talent and people are watching. Employees right now. The Los Angeles Chargers, to me, definitely employees. Reason why is because they're that employee that shows up to work late, but so talented. And people are just like, you know, this guy can just get it together. This this young lady can get it together. You know, they can be able to run this entire department or division or whatever you want to call it. But they just can't get out of their own way. So for right now, Justin Herbert and boy, do I love me some Justin Herbert. They're definitely employees right now. The Baltimore Ravens. Coming off a loss to the Steelers where Lamar Jackson looked like fried dog. You know what? And he's had some horrible games this season. To the point where people continue to defend this man. Oh, you know, he's just a unique talent. No, no, no. That he is. But let's call a spade a spade. He can't throw the football. That's just what it is. And when he does throw the football, he throws it to the other team. He makes terrible decisions with the football. If he's not running, he's going to make a bad decision. It's just the way it is. Defense, the Ravens have always been a good defensive team. Their running game has been decimated by injuries this year. Guys that are coming off the street that are contributing. Devontae Freeman has come out of nowhere and is taking that job. Hell, they had Le'Veon Bell at one point before they cut him. So, you know, what to make of the Ravens? I don't really know what to make of the Ravens. They are... An enigma because you don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to show up. Oh, I'm sure he's going to give it the old college try, right? Option read, take off. Option read, take off. <laughs> Just throw the football, man. Learn how to throw the football. And maybe people won't be looking at you like, yeah, I don't really know what they are. They do have the talent to be a boss, but... Maybe they're just stuck here with the rest of employees because 
they don't know who they want to be. It's not that they can't get there. They just don't really know what they are. That's what it is. The other team is probably the most frustrating team to me. It's got to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, to me, are, I don't know how to define them. They're just that super confident, cocky, boss's son comes in there and just shows off and they have all this talent, all this luxury and people are just looking at them like, eh, guy's such a jerk, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's funny. He makes me laugh. That's what the Kansas City Chiefs are. All the world of talent. You have Patrick Mahomes, who everybody says is the best quarterback on the planet. Okay. Running, rushing game is, eh. You got Tyreek Hill. You have Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman, Pringle. These guys on offense, they have some firepower there. Defensively, eh. You know, they just... We all know that they're just a one-trick pony. They throw the ball, and they throw it well. Well, guess what? They're not doing that well this season. So all that confidence and bravado and cockiness that people always tend to, to look at and say, you know what? Okay, you got it right now because, you know, your father's the the rich owner or whatever it is, but watch some adversity hit you, and we're going to see exactly how you react. Well, they got punched in the face early this season, and they didn't look so well. Patrick Mahomes didn't look so well. But a funny thing happened with them is that the defense started to wake up. We think about this team as being a juggernaut offensively, that they're going to throw 35 points on you on any given night. Patrick Mahomes can go for 450, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Tyreek Hill can burn you, give you the deuces, chuck you the deuces, and... You're looking at a nine-catch, 175-yard day, three touchdowns for him. Travis Kelsey can do the same thing. So they have all of these things at their disposal, but they were not doing it. Teams kind of figured out how to play Tyreek Hill. Throw a safety over the top. Don't let him burn you. Now he's an underneath guy. You'll live with eight catches for 70 yards with Tyreek Hill as long as he doesn't get in the end zone. As long as he doesn't burn you and gets a 75-yarder downfield. Travis Kelsey, the same thing. If you keep everything in front of you and you don't allow him to get into the, the, the end zone, especially in the red zone, your job is done. Teams have been doing this against this, the, the Chiefs all season long. But defensively, defensively, they're starting to come together. So where do I put them? Boss or employee? I would say that they're bosses. I, I would still put them as a boss because everything is there for them. Just like the Super Bowl year, that defense wasn't that great, but they started to make plays, and they started to turn the ball over. They started to get timely stops. This is what you're seeing out of this team right now. Who would have ever thought that Kansas City would win games 22-9, to 19-9, that they're doing that with their defense, not with the offense, not at all. 
The Indianapolis Colts. Not going to get into all the superlatives and all that. They're bosses. I like the way they're playing. Carson Wentz is a good player. He's had a good season. Jonathan Taylor, I, I, I've, I haven't seen a guy that violent and that smooth at the same time. But he, he is a prototypical running back. Not fancy. Does it? He's not a household name in regards to popularity. But anybody who has him in fantasy and anybody who watches him play football knows how good this kid is. He's, he's arguably the best running back in football right now. He really is. And I like the way this team looks. I think that they have a chance to win a playoff game or two, depending on the matchup. So, definitely going to put them as bosses. My biggest boss in the AFC right now is the Patriots. They are the big bosses in the AFC. And I, I don't think it's going to change for me. I don't. They're just good. They're just good. The Bills, employees, <laughs> just, you know, show up when you want to show up, and nobody really cares if you're there or not. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what it is. Moving on to the NFC, it's a five-team race, honestly. So we're going to discuss those five teams. We got the Cowboys in the NFC East, Cardinals in the NFC West, the Rams in the NFC West, the Green Bay Packers in the NFC North, and the Buccaneers in the NFC South. Excuse me, I said that the Buccaneers earlier were 9-4, and four, they're 9-3. Who, to me, are the employees out of that five? Well, for one, I got I to gotta be honest, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys are the employee that hangs out around the boss's office, always brown nosing, and, you know, they behave like a boss. They act like a boss. They talk to people like a boss. But everybody knows that they're not the boss. Everybody knows that they're just employees. They look the part, and people say, man, you know, why Why are you not a manager? Why are you not owning somewhere? Owning a business or just running something. And they're just like, oh, well, you know, it's just, just one of those things. You know, it's just can't catch a break. It's just it's your karma. The, the Cowboys just have that. They have a talented quarterback, talented running back, one of the most talented wide receiver cores out there. We have the defensive rookie of the year, possibly defensive player of the year. Both of them, Trayvon Diggs, and you have Micah Parsons. All of these pieces look good, but Dak Prescott is inconsistent. He's hadn't had a great season. Zeke looks done. You got Tony Pollard, who I don't believe is an every down back, but he is very good. You got Amari Cooper, who's in and out of the lineup for COVID reasons or whatever it is. You got all these problems coming around. And the biggest issue is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is not somebody who you can actually trust to get you over that hump. It just isn't. So the Cowboys, that's what they are. They're just employees. They look good. They look the part. But everybody that works there knows exactly who they are and what they're about. 
The next team who I feel can possibly be an employee because they have a lot of things going on with them as well are the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams, to me, they are that shiny Rolls Royce. But when you look inside, you know, the leather's all cut up. You know, there's juice that's spilled on the floor. And then when you see who's driving it, you see that playboy who, you know, he dresses nice and all that stuff, but he's a slob. And people can't trust him to run anything because he doesn't know what he's doing with all of this opportunity in front of him. That's the Rams for you. They have the quarterback. Their running game is good. Their wide receiver core is good. They have the best wide receiver in football in Cooper Cup. The defense supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. Sean McVay arguably is one of the best coaches in the league. But there's something missing with this team. Stafford hasn't played well in the last five weeks or so. He's dealing with a lot of injuries. That's what we're hearing. And so, you know, he's completely dropped out of the MVP race. The running back situation has been hurt all year. Cam Akers towards ACL. You got guys in and out of the lineup. Sony Michelle is there, had a big game. You got Henderson banged up as well. But who are they? Who are they? Are they a team that's going to show up and impress everybody with their speed and their physicality on defense? And they're smart play calling. Or are they going to be the team that stinks it up and has their quarterback throw three interceptions in the first quarter? Three interceptions in the first half. Turn the ball over. Fumbles. Defense can't stop anybody. Nobody can catch a pass outside of Cooper Cup. All of these things are just puzzling. And that's why they're not a boss. Now let's get to the bosses. Boss number three. The Arizona Cardinals. They're for real, y'all. They had Colt McCoy at quarterback, and they still won. They sit at 10-2, the best record in football. Did anybody see this coming? No. I did say before the season started, I believe that Kyler Murray was going to be an MVP candidate. And I do believe that if he did not get hurt, I think Kyler Murray and Tom Brady would be at the top of the list in regards to MVP Kyler Murray is that good, special, and he can throw a football. Hear that, Lamar? Cliff Kingsbury, one of the best young minds in the game. That running game has been phenomenal with James Conner. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins has been hurt, but they had guys that fill in. Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green. Long-time Eagle, Zach Ertz. So they're definitely a boss, but they're on the far end of the building. So people are like, yeah, you know, I know where such and such is. I can't really find his desk. It's always confusing of where to go to find it. The next boss is definitely going to be the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. They have Matt LaFleur, great running game at Aaron Jones. 
Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in football, in my opinion. And a defense that's really maturing. They're definitely a boss. They've been here before the last three years. They've been a dominant team in the NFC. But they can't crack through. Can they crack through this year? They are that boss that is hardly in the office. Because you just don't know when they're going to show up. You don't know what's going to happen. That's who the Green Bay Packers are. Aaron Rodgers, we know what Aaron Rodgers is. a bad man. It's a bad man. A-A-Ron, bad guy. Knows how to throw the football. Knows how to command an offense. But can they get over the hump? Can they beat Arizona in the playoffs? Can they beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs? We've seen them beat Arizona in the regular season, yes. But that's the regular season. There's the problem. So they're definitely a boss, but they're just under the real boss. And that's the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady is the MVP, y'all. That's it, period. Nobody comes close. Tom Brady's leading the league in passing, in touchdowns, in uh, quarterback rating. I think he's second in QBR. What more? What, what is there more to say about the Bucks? Defense is a little shoddy, but when you got Tom Brady, don't matter. When you got Gronk, don't matter. When you have guys like Leonard Fournette that have found his way, eh, doesn't matter. They are the gold standard right now in the NFL to me because you know what they're capable of. You know that they can hang 45 on you, but they can also win the tough games as well. And the defense hasn't even been that good this year. Can you imagine if they start to get a rhythm late in the season? Because that's what they did last year. So it wouldn't surprise me if they get back to the Super Bowl and they actually win it. Wouldn't. Wouldn't shock me at all. The only problem that they're having, and it's a great segue, is Antonio Brown. I've been an Antonio Brown fan since day one. Loved his energy, loved his competitive spirit, loved the fact that he's a, you know, he's a he's a smaller guy, but plays like a big time receiver. 5'11", you know, 5'10", 5'11", plays like he's 6'4", 6'5". It's the way it is. It's just a, just a bad guy, man. Bad dude on that field. But he's also a bad guy off of it. For a guy to lie about his vaccination status, I mean, you're already skating on thin ice. Bruce Arians told you, you screw up once, you're out of here. And Antonio Brown said, hold my beer. <laughs> I, I just, what is there to say? All I'm going to tell you is that if he gets cut by the Bucks, his career is over. Nobody's going to touch Antonio Brown after this. If the GOAT can't save you, there is no help for you. Period. You get a second chance by Tom Brady. You get Paid by the Bucks after the Super Bowl. Whether it's a big-time contract or not, you're still getting paid. And you go ahead and do this. 
Why should anybody give you a chance after this? I wouldn't. I'd just shake his hand, say it was a pleasure watching him play football, but we're done. That's what the NFL should say to Antonio Brown. You've had a hell of a career, but you're done. That's it. And the only sad part is that that won't be it. Some team will get desperate and give Antonio Brown a call. That's just the way it is. When you're talented in this world, you can screw up so many times and you'll get so many chances. But the least talented people, the less talented people, they don't get opportunities like that. And and they understand that. We all understand that. So if you don't have talent, why should people give you a shot? You don't have any talent. But if you got all the talent in the world and you're just lazy or, you know, you screw up here, you screw up there, ah, you know, we can fix it. We'll be able to make it right. Okay. So that's that's my message for Antonio Brown. Pack it up. Pack it up. Go home and go do something that you're not going to be in anybody's way. Because you can't get out of your own way. So maybe you need an empty house to just walk around with you and your ego. Because clearly, being around people just doesn't make sense for you. The fact that you can be able to not pay your personal chef and then he airs you out and then it ends up being true. It's just nonsense. It's just real nonsense. Coming up after the break, some NBA news on a Tuesday night. It's all even. Welcome back, y'all. NBA news. What's going on around the NBA? Biggest story right now is the whole Portland Trailblazers GM and the Dame situation and what's going on in Portland. Dame has come out and said that none of these are true and he's fine where he's at. Okay, I mean, that's that, that's probably accurate right now. But how is he going to feel maybe two months from now when the Blazers are 15 games on the 500? Is he still going to feel that he needs to stay here and figure it out? Wants to build a winner here? Rumors that he wants Ben Simmons to be a Portland Trailblazer. And Ben Simmons had liked or retweeted something that that was posted about that. How is that going to happen? Because the one trade chip that they actually had to trade in a deal for Ben Simmons is now gone for the foreseeable future. C.J. McCollum has a collapsed lung and his timetable to return is, is unknown. So the Blazers are without their second best player, their second leading scorer, all of these things, and they're going to be in free fall. Big time free fall. Dame is not having a great season. Portland is not having a great season. Obviously, they, you know, they have a new head coach in Chauncey Billups, so he's still trying to figure it out. Got to give him time, yes. But does Dame have the patience? 
I mean, he does, but should he? Listen, I always bring up the story of Kevin Garnett about how great Kevin Garnett was, you know, highest paid player in the league at one point, uh, you know, was loyal to Minnesota all those years. And even he admitted that he should have left Minnesota years ago. Dame is 31. Portland is as good as they're ever going to be. They've gotten to a Western Conference Finals already. But that was just one of those lucky years. It's an outlier. It's a glitch in the system. What they are is a first-round exit. Possibly second round, but definitely a second round exit. So is that what you want to sign up for? Nobody's coming to Portland. No one. Now, if you want to leave, go to L.A., go to New York, Chicago, all these particular places, yeah, it'll work. Everybody would want to get you, but you got to let them know that you want to be got. That's all. I understand the tough guy role. You know, you wanna, you don't want to be on a super team. You don't want to chase rings. But it's about being competitive, staying competitive. Everybody knows how good you are in Portland. But if they don't believe that the Portland Trailblazers around you are good, what difference does it make? You're just that nice dude that plays for that team. That's how people are going to remember Dame. Yo, he was that yo, he was nice. He was that nice point guard that just that just yeah, he played played for Portland, played for that team. Not like yo, you know, Dame was in the bright lights, man, played with New York, yo, he, he did his thing. Played in the played in Los Angeles, played with the Lakers and did his thing. Played in Chicago, uh. Nah, he was that guy talented but Played in Portland. It's not, in my opinion, he got to leave, man. He, I, I have a feeling that he's going to try to give them enough time. But come around all-star break, that's when normally superstars get that itch. They start to get very antsy. They start to get very angry and surly, and they want out. So all-star break is what I give him. We'll see. Moving on, moving on. The Western Conference has kind of disappointed this year in regards to the teams who you think are going to be good and who and who you think is going to struggle. It's kind of been pretty backwards. You know, the Golden State Warriors, they're 20 and 4, the Suns are 20 and 4, they got the Jazz 16 and 7. But after that, it's kind of just like a schmaz of everybody just kind of very close together. You got the Grizzlies at 14 and 10. You got the Clippers, Mavs, Lakers, Nuggets. Everybody's kind of hovering around 500 or below it. And that's the problem with the Western Conference right now is that it's a three-team race, possibly just a two-team race. And did anybody think that that was going to be the case 24 games into the season? No. Everybody thought that the Lakers would be up there. 
Everybody thought that maybe the Clippers would be up there. Definitely the, the Nuggets. They've been one of the top teams in the last three years in the Western Conference. What have we learned so far about teams in the Western Conference? Well, Golden State, they're very good. Uh, they're, you know, they're well coached. Steph Curry's playing out of his mind. They just have a great system, great chemistry. They've developed their young players over there. They're playing well. The Phoenix Suns. They are the defending Western Conference champs. So they're just picking up what they left off last season. Chris Paul's playing tre tremendous ball. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. You know, they, a lot of guys are doing what they got to do. I'm not shocked about what the Suns are doing. I'm not even shocked what the Jazz are doing. And everybody knows I'm not shocked about NBA Siberia. You know, they fired Luke Walton. They're still bad. And they'll continue to be bad. That's just the way they are. <laughs> not going to get any better. But the team that I'd like to talk about right now, I'd like to talk about those Lakers. I'm a Laker fan. Everybody knows that. I'm a passionate Laker fan. Everybody knows that. But what I don't like about this Laker team this year is the effort. And it's not with everybody. It's just with one guy. You know, it's one thing to have no talent, right? The expectations are low. People just go out there and say, hey, listen, you know, you do the best you can, work hard, you know, maximize your ability, blah, 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 blah. It's when you're talented and you don't show up and you underperform is when people really start to criticize you. And my issue is with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was given the keys to the kingdom by the king. And this court jester just like, ah, I don't want it. Ah, you know, it's all right. Ah, we'll figure it out. Ah. Excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. He is that guy that is on his best behavior on a first date. You know, he makes sure he wears his good suit and his good shirt. There's no stains on it. But underneath that suit and that shirt is a holy uh, uh, undershirt. Got holes in his drawers. You know, just a very unkept individual. But the young girl's not going to know that. They're just going to see the best foot forward. And what we saw the first season with the Lakers was Anthony Davis putting his best foot forward. And us not realizing that he took his dirty laundry from New Orleans. It was in the box. We never cared to open the box because we were so fascinated on the nice suit that he had put on. Championship now. We get the championship. Everybody's happy. But what you're getting now is the same guy that was in New Orleans. The same guy that couldn't lead a lot of talented Pelicans to the playoffs. Not even saying out of the first round, what, what's the conference? No, 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 just the playoffs. Anthony Davis, if you look at the numbers, 
You know, so far this season, he's averaging like, what, 22, 23 points a game, nine and a half rebounds, you know, maybe a block and a half, shooting 50% from the field or high 40s. But the concerning numbers are the three-point numbers, the free throw numbers, the actual rebounding numbers, the mid-range percentage numbers. Those particular things bother me. And, oh, his motor. That that one too. The fact that he looks like he never wants to play basketball. That's a big problem for guys that live in LA who are Lakers fans. Lakers fans all over the world. We are a fickle bunch. It's very, very hard to impress us because of what we've seen in our past. What we are used to. You can't fool us. You can't put on that Egger suit. And think that we're not going to see the holes. We see them. And we're not happy about it. If everybody thinks that the Lakers are going to be a destination while Anthony Davis is here and LeBron James retires, the name of the arena will be exactly what the Lakers will be. They'll be in a crypt. That place would be a crypt because there won't be any playoff basketball there. There won't be any NBA Finals basketball there. Because this is a guy who was put on the all-time 75 team based on his talent. Everybody's always been calling Anthony Davis a top five player because of his talent. What about what he shows you? To me, it's actually the reverse. I think Anthony Davis is a top 15 player with top five talent. I think Anthony Davis is a top three caliber player, but he has top 20, maybe top 40 motor and motivation and ambition. That's the problem with him is that you see this physical guy and you think that he's supposed to be imposing and enforces his will. No, he's just comfortable taking jump shots. So that's the problem. They'll never be good because Anthony Davis is just comfortable in his holy undershirt, his holy underwear, dirty and holy socks, sitting on the couch, underachieving. The next issue that I have with the Lakers is obviously the coaching. Frank Vogel, decent coach, but he's not equipped to handle anything challenging offensively. He's a defensive coach. When they won the championship, they were the best team defensively in the bubble. Nobody could score in the Lakers. You had rim protection all over the place. JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Danny Green. You had KCP, uh, Caruso. You had defense all over the court fast forward this year you don't have defense all over the court you got guys like Russell Westbrook who's never been a great defender especially late in his career Malik Monk eh, Tate Holden, eh. Trevor Reed the only guy that can actually play some defense is hurt Avery Bradley plays a little defense but he can't shoot so 
You know, but all of those things can be fixed as long as the big guy plays the way he's supposed to. But Willie, no. Kyle Kuzma's gone. And there's no reason for me to continue to browbeat Kyle Kuzma. He's no longer a Laker. But I know who I will browbeat. That's the brow. Until he figures it out, I will continue to be critical of the brow. Because at the end of the day, this is L.A. When you put on that purple and gold, it means a little more than that little swingman jersey you were wearing in New Orleans. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> I saw a picture. My man, shouts to Kev, sent me a picture of Zion Williamson. <laughs> man looks like he's about 335 right now. You know it's bad when somebody just wears a full body sweatsuit. That's how you know you're out of shape. When you just wearing sweatsuits all the time and you can't, nobody sees you wearing anything else, that means you can't fit into nothing else. That means that nothing, <laughs> nothing is fitting right. Zion Williamson, he's a sad story, y'all. You know, as much as I like to clown him and as much as I like to tell people I told you so, it's really sad to see this kid just doesn't have the ability to put down a hamburger. Doesn't have the ability to listen to the training staff and get himself into shape. He had a setback with his foot injury because guess what? He's too fat. That's what it is. It's called spade a spade. He's out of shape. You're paying this guy millions of dollars to eat and not be a serious basketball player, not take his health seriously. That is a knock on the organization. That is also a knock on the player. That's also a knock on his handlers, the people who are actually siphoning money from this boy, the ones that can't tell him no. That's the problem. I told people out of that draft that give me John Morant, John Morant is generational. Zion Williamson is a combination of Sean Kemp and Julius Randle. Not wrong. But I didn't know he was going to turn into Sean Kemp when Sean Kemp was 300 pounds, Sean Kemp. I thought he would at least gave us some Rain Man years before that happened. Yeah. So we'll see what happens in New Orleans, but it doesn't look good. Moving on to baseball. My New York Mets. Man, I listen. I ain't got nothing bad to say about my Mets right now. The Mets surprised everybody this offseason and became big-time players. I never thought I'd see it. The fact that the Mets outspent the Yankees and they were the talk of free agency. Max Scherzer, three years, $130 million. Got some other good players, too. Stalin Marte, Mark Canna, Escobar. Like, we, we got some good guys here. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about who the Mets should get as 
their coach now, their manager. You got the big studs. You got the one-two combination in your rotation. Who is going to be the guy to lead this team to the World Series? I don't want a first-time manager. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Give me somebody who got experience. Ron Washington, uh, you know, Buck Showalter. Those are one and two on my list. Robin Ventura, I'd take him as well. I don't know why he's not getting any calls. Former Met. But that's what needs to happen. Buck Showalter is primed and ready for this situation. Primed and ready for the New York market. He was here already with the Yankees. We all know the story in 94. Lockout, strike. It was going to be the Yankees and Expos in the World Series. Two best teams. Didn't happen. Buck Showalter can handle New York. Buck Showalter is the guy that can take the pressure off of DeGrom, off of Scherzer. The team is on a five-game losing streak. Buck Showalter knows what to do. I hear Met fans, oh, I don't want Buck. Eh. Buck Showalter is a damn good manager. And we need to cut it out. Don't let all the, you know, all the, the game has passed you. No, 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 no. Once you're good, you're good. Look at Dusty. Dusty Baker is a hell of a manager. Got his team to the World Series. That's what we need. We need a real baseball guy, a leader, a no-nonsense guy, a guy who's, who's primed to be able to deal with the veterans that we have on this team. We got some veteran guys here. This is a win-now team. They're not worried about any development. If it, you know guys want to develop and come along, and that's fine. But that's not the goal here. The goal is to make the playoffs. The goal is to compete for a World Series. Buck is that old guy in the neighborhood. Everybody knows that he's a grumpy old man. But he's the only guy that can tear down an engine, build it back up, and make it brand new. He's the only guy that could be able to do that. And they understand that, and that's why Buck is valuable. Because he can bring something that a lot of other people can't. No matter if he's surly or whatever you want to call him, he brings that accountability, he brings that leadership, and he brings that win-now mentality. That's what you're looking for, Steve Cohen. That's what you should sign. That's where it should stay. And here is my quick opinion on the Major League Baseball lockout right now is that it's it's about time. You know, you got a lot of issues in baseball in regards to the tanking situation with teams and they don't want to spend money and they want to continue to just harbor these draft picks. It's time for the owners and the commissioner and the players union to get together and come up with a fair system. These small market teams need to start spending a little bit more. Not saying they got to spend like the Yankees. Not saying they got to spend like the Dodgers. But if your payroll is $32 million, you need to raise that ceiling to about 60, 65. If it's 50, 
You can raise it to 75. Something like that. You you can't just keep pocketing this money and then complaining that there is no money. And then there's a free agent freeze. I was so happy to see all the guys get signed before the lockout deadline. Guys were just signing deals. That's how free agency should be. Baseball, has it hasn't been like that. We've seen guys get signed in late April, March. Why? So something has to change. And if they got to lock out until June to figure it out, then so be it. But they have to get it right. Rob Manfred, not really a big fan of his. So I'm hoping that he can be able to get these sides together, come to an agreement that it makes sense so that we have baseball. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, W of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarJensenGals.com. We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So, since we were off for such a long time, but I'm back now, obviously, there's always going to be a candidate. There's always going to be somebody who pops up. Who is it today? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is Jerry Sullivan, reporter for the Buffalo Bills. Jerry Sullivan asked a horrendous question. Jerry Sullivan is my candidate for... Because, ladies and gentlemen, jury, let me get this straight. The Buffalo Bills played in harsh weather, played against a great Great offensive mind and Josh McDaniels. Great defensive coach and Bill Belichick. Mastermind, Palpatine, we all know that. And emotions are high after the game. You're, you're, you're not feeling good. You know, you're pretty pissed off. Adrenaline's going. And you get asked a question. Should you feel embarrassed to lose the way they lost? Huh? <laughs> you can't make this up. This man really asked these players if they should feel embarrassed by the way they lost because this particular thing hasn't happened in, say, 40 years. Loss is a loss. So they proceeded to answer his question. And then Michael Hyde gets up and says, listen. You know, I, I come in here every week. I answer your questions. You know, I love y'all guys, but don't do that. Don't do that. And Jerry Sullivan responds in, in kind and says, well, back in my day, 
What? So you trying to tell me if that Jim Kelly was sitting there after they lose the fourth Super Bowl, you would say to Jim Kelly in his face at his locker, oh, well, should you feel embarrassed? How should you guys feel about yourselves? Should you feel embarrassed that you lost four straight Super Bowls, huh? He wouldn't dare ask Jim Kelly that because he know that Jim Kelly would punch him in the mouth. But it's okay for you to do this now to these players because they're supposed to answer these questions. No, 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 no. You're supposed to be professional and ask the right questions. You could have asked that question and phrased it a different way. But because you think that you're some big-time reporter in Buffalo, you think that you can be able to answer or ask these questions the way you asked it. This guy doesn't realize that if the players end up shutting him out and he can't get an interview from anybody, his boss, which I'm sure he has a boss, is going to look at him and say, hey, what story you got? Oh, what? Got nothing. You know, I asked them about certain things and they, they told me about their shoe size. Oh, okay. And this happens for about three or four weeks. And then the boss says, hey, you got anything good? Nothing. Okay. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to pack up your bag and you're going to go because I can't have you as a reporter and you're not reporting, which means that you shouldn't have a job. So pack up your stuff and get the moving. And guess what? I've heard through the grapevine somebody told me that Burger King is hiring. They're always hiring. And if this man is not careful, that's exactly where he's going to end up. The hubris on this dummy. The hubris on this idiot reporter. I really want to see how this how, how this gets handled. If they actually, you know, start answering his questions again or they freeze him out. I hope that they freeze him out. Because, man, oh, man, would I love to see it. <laughs> this guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy is such a dummy. He's probably one of those dudes that if you get hurt, he'll come down next to you and be like, are you hurt? <laughs> Bone sticking out of your skin. Like, what are you, an idiot? Like, yeah, I'm hurt. What do you mean? Can't you see? You, How do you think I feel right now? Go somewhere. Listen, I hope that his wife never tells him after she puts him in a doghouse and she bends down and she says to him, do you feel embarrassed after what you... <laughs> Yo, get a life. And do better at your job. So Jerry Sullivan, you may be a loser right now and the odd man out. And maybe nobody wants to talk to you. But you're possibly a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. Possibly depending on, you know, family situations and commitments. But I'll try my best to do so. If not, then we'll be right back here next Tuesday. It's great to be back. Just like riding a bike. So, you know, thank you for all the support. Again, shouts to my people out there. Y'all know exactly who y'all are. Um, so until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.